pointing. Can you hear me? Am I on? Good morning. It's a lovely morning. Bright, crisp Sunday morning. Um, if you're new here, welcome. We are one big family, so I hope that you feel at home right away. Uh, if you're new online, there's a button that you can press that says new here, and someone would love to connect with you. And if you're wanting prayer, there's also able to, why don't you go ahead and stand? We can wake ourselves up with some quick moving songs this morning.
us up every day, that you give us strength every day, and we can walk in freedom because of your sacrifice, because of what you willingly chose to do for us. And you call us sons and daughters, and we are free because of you. Thank you. 
going to read some scripture. So this is really cool, and I love the way that the Holy Spirit works, because he doesn't just speak to one person. We are a body. We are a family, right? And he doesn't just speak to the dad. He doesn't just speak to the mom. He speaks to everyone, to us kids. And throughout the week, um, there's a women's prayer group that was started, and scripture is being shared, and prayer requests are being shared, and just a chance to connect and come together and just be unified, and not just our bodies here on Sunday morning, but our spirits through the week. And one sister had this put on her heart, and so I'm going to read it. It's from Lamentations. And says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. Amen. He's our hope. And little did she know that the Lord had put upon my heart to sing this song. And I just think it's so cool how the Holy Spirit weaves his way, weaves his message, and it's so consistent. And we just have to open our ears and listen. And he helps us do that.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Church, can you worship him? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is worthy to receive all praise and all glory. In a few minutes, we're going to share in communion. We, we have the emblems that represent how much he loves you and me. He's worthy of praise. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world. Hear that? God sent Christ for us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. First John says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. Us and sent his son to the, be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Paul says this in Romans, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God didn't come for the perfect. If anyone is struggling that God won't receive you, that somehow you have to clean up your life or make everything right, he came for the broken. He came for the hurting. There's nothing we can do to earn his salvation. He offers it. He came to give himself because he loves you. All we have to do is receive it. Amen. Just receive him. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. 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 In our church, our denomination, traditionally we have communion once a month. Uh, there's no reason for that, but growing up, um, I always thought it made it special. 
and really made it that unique service once a month where we stop and we reflect upon what Christ has done for us. And church, I want you to know how much God loves each and every one of you. And his blood, even as the songs we've sang today, his sacrifice has redeemed us, ransomed us from being helplessly lost in sin to becoming children of God. And because of that, we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. He loves us so much that he brings us to himself as his children. If you open up the, the first layer of the communion cup, we've been using them a lot, so I'm assuming everyone knows. But take that wafer and hold it in your hand. As Jesus ate that last meal with his disciples, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Let's share it together, can we? Hallelujah. 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 that next layer, the juice, it represents the blood of Christ. Because in that same meal, he took the cup what amazes me in the scripture says he gave thanks. He knew he knew what he was going to suffer. He knew what he was going to go through. And yet he did not turn away from it. Because he, he was thinking of you. Make that personal. Because it, it amazes me to this day that he, he thought of me. He thought of all of us 2,000 years later that would still be receiving that message, that forgiveness of sins because of what he did on the cross. Let's pray before we drink just a moment. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today. And as we hold this emblem in our hand that reminds us of your shed blood, your sacrifice for us, that Jesus, you freely came you lived. And God, it was your plan from the beginning that he would die. That his sacrifice would be the last sacrifice needed to not just cover sins, but to bring complete healing and forgiveness and wholeness. That when we read that scriptures, by his stripes we are healed. It talks about spiritually as well. God, we are healed from the brokenness, the ugliness of, of sin and selfishness and pride. And God, we are welcomed into your presence as children. Father, I pray 
that today you would speak to us again, that we would be reminded of your love and that God, we in return for what you have done for us would seek to live for you, to live for your glory, not just in a worship service, but when we leave this place, when we go to work or school or home or wherever we are, that God, we would seek to live out this love and to share it with those around us. Because there are many all around who are hurting, who need you, who are looking for something to fill that void inside that God only you can fill. Help us to be the people you have called us to be. I pray in Jesus' name. Take the cup. Let's share it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. It's good to be together, isn't it? Amen. Can you greet someone? Turn around, move around a little bit and uh, greet someone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Precious Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are glad you're here today. Welcome. If you are visiting with us, uh, we want to welcome you, whether that's online or uh, in the room. We're just really glad you're here. If you're here in the room with us, you'll see um, uh, a communication card in one of the seats in front of you. And if you just take a couple minutes and fill that out and take it to the guest service desk out in the foyer after the service, we've just got a, a Tim's card to just welcome you. We're glad you're here. And uh, if you've been here for years... We're glad that you're here today, but you don't get a Tim's card, okay? <laughs> we are, we're glad everyone's here today, but again, our guests, visitors, we just really want to welcome you, and we're glad that you're here with us today. Uh, if you are interested in drama and theater and singing to share the message of Jesus Christ through dramatic arts and working as a team and would like to join our drama team for the choir for Easter Sunday, uh, please sign up at guest services today uh, after church service. Rehearsal starts Monday, February 5th at 7 p.m. So that's tomorrow. It starts here at the church at 7 p.m. February. I'm sorry, Pastor, but we haven't had much snow this year, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. We're into February, people. We're getting there. Uh, newcomers lunch is Sunday, February 11th. If you're new to Heartland, if you've been here maybe you know a few weeks, but we haven't had one for a few months. So if you're new to Heartland and have never been to one of our uh, newcomers lunch, we would really like to invite you to come. So next Sunday is our lunch after the service. It's a delicious lunch and it's a great time to be together. Uh, it's a, a time where you can meet uh, the staff. Uh, hear a little bit more about the church, ask questions, and share a great meal together. And so if you would sign up at guest services, that would be great. Or you can email connect at a churchconnected.ca and tell them you'd like to come to our uh, newcomers lunch next Sunday. Uh, here's a youth announcer, young adults. So this is our first ever Heartland Youth Young Adults Warriors Indoor Volleyball Tournament. 
This is the third Heartland Warriors Outreach event. Uh, the date is Saturday, February 17th, ages 15 and up. The cost is $80 per team. Uh, there's going to be pizza and pop for everyone. Uh, first prize trophies, medals, uh, best looking uniform prize. Okay, the deadline to register is February 12th. And if you're interested or want to know more information, please talk to Pastor Mark. Also dealing with the um, young adults, next Sunday, February 11th at 7 p.m., Heartland Young Adults uh, will be having their third annual Valentine's Day party semi-formal part three. Join us for a fun night, uh, food, games, prizes, a fellowship with the Heartland Young Adult crew. The menu is Italian pasta, salad, desserts, cost is $20. This is a semi-formal event. If you haven't confirmed, please confirm with Pastor Mark uh, if you're coming. On Saturday, uh, February 24th, Heartland Youth and Young Adults will be taking part in the coldest night of the year. This is a charity walk to raise money uh, for charities that help those who are uh, in need and situation homelessness, that type of thing. Uh, this is Heartland Youth and Young Adults. We will be walking to support the dam, a youth community program that provides a safe, warm environment for youth ages 13 to 19. If you would like to join the team on the walk or help donate to our team, please again speak to Pastor Mark afterwards. I invite the ushers to come forward. If you forgot anything that I said, you can sign up for our news email at connect at a churchconnected.ca and uh, get all that information. And again, you can always call the office for uh, anything we can help you with. We want to thank you for your giving to Heartland. Um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do and keep everything going without your um, faithfulness and your tithes and offerings. And there are many ways to give at Heartland, and uh, we thank you for that. Let's pray just before uh, we take up the offering. Again, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your many blessings. Again, God, just pausing in part of the service to remember that sacrifice paid for us. God, we thank you. We now pray for this offering, however people give, but for this offering and those that are giving, that God, you would bless it and use it for your glory, and that God, you would be glorified in and through the offering, but also in and through heartland, and not just a building, but we, your people, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Father, we just pray today, God, that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word. Because, Lord, you are always at work. And give us eyes to see, give us ears to feel, to hear, and a heart to feel what you are doing. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Children, you are dismissed. So go ahead. I didn't forget today. I'm just so excited to get into it. So, you know, I just want to preach, preach, preach. So I'm going to pray for snow now. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. Lord, let it snow. Let it snow. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, anyway. Well, we are continuing our series today called Believing for More in 2024. And just over this past couple of weeks, I was praying, and, and I felt in my heart that, that I needed to make a change to the scripture we were going to do. Not that you would even know, but I was going one way, and I just felt in my heart to, to go another way. And so we're going to continue our series. And if you've been tracking along, we've been talking about the importance of going out. We've been talking about the importance of, of inviting people in so that they might hear the good news of Jesus. And then last week, we shifted gears a little bit, talking about, well, when we go or when we invite people, like, you know, God doesn't want to send guppies into a shark tank. He wants you to be strengthened from the inside out. He wants your mind to be renewed for you to know who you are, that you are a child of God and if a child and an heir. And today we're going to continue that, that theme, if you will, and uh, believing that God is going to do more in our hearts and it's going to overflow all around us. And the title of the message today is not all that complicated, but I want it to rhyme. <laughs> there is no more if you don't walk through the open door. Now, I don't mean no more as if nothing ever exists, but there is more that God has in store for you. But if you don't walk through the door, you're never going to experience more. So if you want to experience more, you got to walk through the open door. And we'll talk about all that. Uh, I wanted to share some quotes with you today from some famous people. I think they're all dead. They are. Benjamin Franklin said, you may delay, but time will not. So if you see an open door, you got to go for it. Some of y'all young single men, you got to go for it. Opportunity is missed by most because it is dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. Thomas Edison. This one is a little bit harder to hear and we'll spend a little bit more time with this one. This is Mark Twain. I was seldom able to see an opportunity until it had ceased to be one. Meaning another way of saying it is opportunities are just easier to see in the rearview mirror after they've passed you by. Like that proverbial journey on the highway and you drive and you just see the exit and you go, that was it? That was it? Anyone ever been there? That was it? Opportunities by their very nature are elusive. If they were easy to detect and easy to seize, we would all be spending our days seizing the day. Opportunities by their very nature are difficult to seize, difficult to see. It's easier to see them in the rear view mirror. 
And oftentimes what happens is regret begins to pile up. Oh, if I coulda, I shoulda, or I woulda. And there are people today, I'm sorry to even say there are even believers today, and the mantra for their life is coulda, shoulda, woulda. And I'm here to tell you today that that's, that's false. There is an open door that God is going to set before you that no one can close. And these are not my words. We will read His words in just a moment. Last week, we uh, shared a message. Anyone remember? I tried to make it rhyme. Better thinking can keep you from sinking. That's right. And I shared with you last week that you are not trapped. Well, we're going to adjust that thought today a little bit. I want to encourage you with this. You are not stuck. You're not stuck. Some of you gave up everything you had to come to this country, and you daydreamed about the opportunities you thought would come. You prayed about the doors you thought would be open, and now you're here, and some things aren't working out the way you had hoped. Things aren't working out in terms of your work, your family, your life, whatever. You're not stuck. Some of you are believing for that promotion, believing for that interview, believing for that career change maybe, or that, or that, that opportunity to see you catapulted into just another realm of success in the name of the Lord. And it doesn't seem like it's happening. Some of you have been praying and believing. You know, I, I was jesting just earlier, but for a relationship, believing that God has someone for you, and it just feels like nothing is working out. It feels like all the doors are closed. And you need to know today that despite what you may see with your eyes and hear with your ears and feel with your heart, you are not stuck because our God is still in the business of opening doors. He wants to set before you an open door. And it's not to say that there isn't work. In fact, I believe as Christians, we need to read this with a grain of salt, if you will. God honors hard work. But he doesn't need it. God has blessed people you don't think deserve to be blessed. You want to hear something that's really going to sting? You're one of them, and so am I. There's a word for that. It's called grace. Our God is in the business of opening doors, not because you've earned it or deserve it, but, be, but because He is a God of grace. He longs to show you grace. And as we read just a few verses from Revelation chapter 3, I'm really speaking from the whole passage, but we'll just read some highlighted portions. I pray today that you would hear that we serve a God of grace who for your life believes for more in 2024 and longs for you to walk through His open door. Jesus gave John the apostle a revelation. And in that revelation, there were letters to seven churches. And in Revelation chapter 3, uh, the, the churches being addressed were Laodicea and Philadelphia. And so, I'm just going to read selected portions. But if you have time, in your own time, go ahead and read the entire chapter. This is Jesus speaking. I know your works, 
Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. No one. No angel of heaven, no demon of hell, no schemes of men or women. No one can shut the open door because he has opened it and he is all powerful. I know that you have but little power. I'm in that category, by the way. I have little power. I'm, I'm nowhere near as strong as I think I am. And yet, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And it was easy, by the way, to deny Jesus' name. There were schemes afoot in that first century in an environment that was hostile to the Christian faith where persecution of believers abounded. And yet, even in that context, God said, you have not denied my name. We move on here. Next slide. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. There's something for you to lose, and there's something for you to gain, but only if you walk through the open door he has set before you. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store. He's not going to make you a cement column. That's not your calling in life or in the afterlife. I don't know what incredible plans God has in store for you in this life carried over to the next, but they are plans of peace. They are plans of security. They are plans to give you an incredible hope starting today, but only if you're paying attention. So he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There's a lot of voices out there speaking to believers, speaking to churches. And in the midst of all that noise, the Holy Spirit is speaking to his churches. And he's not just speaking. Jesus goes on to say, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Keep in mind, this is not written to people who didn't believe. This was written to a church. Think about that for a moment. Yes, God, to, to carry the analogy elsewhere, is knocking on the door of hearts of, of everybody on the planet. But in this context, he's knocking on the door of churches. If only the church would open the door and let Jesus in. I'm, I'm so thankful for fancy websites and fancy lights. I hope the chairs are comfortable. They cost a lot. No, I'm sitting, I, I, but, you know, more than all that stuff, we need Jesus in the church. Amen. And, he, and, he, and, and good news, he wants to come in. And he wants to sup with us. There's a, there's a special blessing. But only if that we would, we would walk through the open door. Later on, he says, the one who conquers, I will grant to sit with him, with, with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's a familiar refrain that happens throughout Revelation. Let him who has an ear let him hear. 
Let him who is prepared to walk, let him walk. Let him who's prepared to receive, let them receive. There really is more in store, not just 2024, but for your whole life and beyond. But, and this is the message just in one sentence, there is no more if you don't walk through God's open door. You got to get up. You got to walk. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's a fight. But he will give you what you need to conquer the obstacles ahead of you because of all that he has in store for you. And he is setting before you an open door in 2024. No eye is seen, no ear is heard what God has in store. If only that his church would open the door and let him in that we might experience all he has in store. But you got to do something or perhaps not do something. Don't ignore the open door. Now, when you hear the word ignore, you know, it, it almost has a negative connotation to it, as if you've got something better to do. It's almost like an intentional neglect. But sometimes you ignore things, not because you're being, you know, intentionally neglectful. Sometimes life just gets busy or, you know, you just kind of get comfortable. We have four children, and when our first was born, and if you have kids, maybe you've experienced this, when our first was born, we heard every little noise. Every little coo or ah, or the crying ah, back when the crying was cute, you know, that first week, then they got like the, the, the blood-curdling scream. We heard every time she rolled over. We heard when she would kind of flop her arms, and, and every time we heard it, we were like this. Our baby needs us. And, and then we would go, and are, is everything okay? Is, are the blankets okay? Are you getting cold? And did we use soothers for the first one? Like the suckers? Oh, yeah. Did we, and we peppered them all over the bed, didn't we? Yeah, every, just in case you lost one, right? There's like 10 more. Just kind of flail, and eventually you'll get one. We heard everything for the first one. <laughs> now we have four, and I think I have a problem. Like, I feel like the house could be burning down, and like, it's, there's nothing there. I, I, I don't hear, a, just the other, the other day, it was like last week, it was the middle of the night, and I dreamt my wife was screaming at me, but really she was, um, like to come, but I didn't hear anything, and so what happened in the middle of the night, our son, he lost his breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all in one go, all in the bed, and when he gets up, like, he, he takes five minutes to realize where he is. And so, like, like, it was everywhere. It was in the sheets, in the pillows, his pants, some in his hair, the dresser, the wall, the ground. I don't even know how it's humanly possible. But underneath the lip of the dresser, I'm like, it bounced? How is that possible? And the whole time, my wife's yelling, Fraz! And I sleep in the star position. So I'm like, ah. <sighs> Jesus loves me, <laughs> this I know. And then, oh, and I thought, I have a problem. But you don't hear it, right? You just, you get so comfortable. But th there's a powerful lesson that my wife helped me realize, and, and I feel that as your pastor, it's my duty to tell you, that just because I don't hear, see, or feel anything, 
doesn't mean nothing is happening. You may not hear what God is doing. Don't you dare for one second think He isn't speaking. You may not see doors opening, but don't you think for one second God isn't preparing something beyond your wildest dreams. You may not feel it at times, but don't you ever think God has left you, forsaken you, or abandoned you. And it is hard. Like, it is hard. It is hard to be attentive. It is hard to stay focused. It is hard to live a life of faith. It is simply hard. And in the midst of the difficulty, you have to keep listening. Jesus said to John, let him who has an ear, let him hear. Hear. You know, generally speaking, most people have ears, but they don't always hear. Are you listening? Are you allowing the words of life to come into your mind in such a way it transforms you from the inside out? Because if you're not, you will see door after door after door pass you by. And you'll have no one to blame but yourself. I've been in church world long enough I've seen this many times, and, and I'm not immune from this either, and maybe you've seen it, but I've seen many bitter people blame God for the doors they ignored. You know, sometimes people say, oh, well, what's, what's the next new thing we're doing in church and life and all that? Well, it's been the same thing for 2,000 years. <laughs> if you just applied the, the little you've been told, we'd be fine. I'd be fine. You know, it's, it's like those folks who, you know, they just get a, a gym membership every five years. Oh, well, what new thing can I do? There's not many new things you need to do. Just do the thing you were told to do. You know, oftentimes we talk about the, the blessings of faithfulness of your time, talent, and treasure. And, and, you know, you look back and you go, if only I had started 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, how much further we would be. It's not new. And so it makes you wonder why. Why is it so easy to ignore what God has put before me? And I think for some, they get comfortable. Some get complacent. I think for others, and maybe this is more the boat some of us might be in. I know for me it is at times. I think it's fear. It is genuinely scary to walk through that open door when, one, you don't know what's behind it, you're not entirely in control, and you see all the reasons why it can't work out, all the reasons why, why you think there's just no way God can fix this, there's just no way God can open that door, there's just no way God can heal this, there's just no way God can provide for that. And, and all that stuff is real, by the way. It's not fake. Uh, there's a there's a popular acronym in church, and, and I'll get to it in a second, but, but let me just say this first. Fear is not about false evidence, but the way you give evidence. And, and maybe you've heard this acronym, false evidence appearing real. And, and the idea is that you can kind of drum up courage. You know, you can kind of muster it up, kind of, you know, oh, it's, it's not really real, you know. So if it's not real, then yeah, I, I can do it because it's false evidence that it's not actually powerful. And, and I've always struggled with that analogy because 
man, some things are really scary, aren't they? Like, aren't they? I mean, I mean, I didn't grow up in church, and I, I, I literally did grow up next to the train tracks, and, and I've seen some scary stuff. I'm not proud of it, but I've been a part of scary stuff. Like, it's a scary, it, it can be scary. I mean, th- those things are not fictitious, they are real. Maybe you have a health thing. I, I, I had cancer, like, that, that's real. And it is scary. And I struggled with the acronym because it almost felt like a Christian escapism. Like, you know, if I just sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, and, and it'll, it'll just disappear all on its own. And, and I'll tell you, like, I've been alive for long enough to know that it's not going to disappear. If you just put it in the rug, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. It's not going to go away. It is scary. And I think what many people are scared of is when you see that open door, whatever God has in store for you, you're not really in control. You're not in control right now. I'm not in control. No one's in control. And it is natural to be afraid of things you can't control. Now, I'm not saying it's healthy, but if you're afraid of things you can't control, you're in good company. It is, right? You see, if you're watching online, there's like some uncomfort here. Like, oh, I don't like being dishonest in church, pastor. Can't we just like gloss it over with a song or something? They'll sing a song. Don't worry. It is natural to be scared of things you can't control. I, I, I believe the Bible, 1 John 4, 8, where, where it says, perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear of punishment. There is, we, don't, we don't live with a fear of hell. I have been forgiven, full stop, period. I am saved. Amen? Perfect love casts out all fear, but I've got a long ways to go before I'm perfect. And, and the presence of fear in my life just tells me how much more of God's love I need in me, in my heart, my soul, my mind. But it is hard. It's hard to stay the course. It's hard to keep the faith. It's hard to stay pure in a world that tries to get you not to be. It's hard. It's hard to take steps of faith when you don't really know what's on the other side. And it's not as if Jesus doesn't even acknowledge the struggle. Remember what he told this church and what I believe he tells us, I know that you have little power. There are two inescapable realities with that statement. And the first is quite simple. You and I are weak. The strength you think you have, the strength you think that is afforded to you by your position, your status, or your wealth, or whatever, is an illusion. We are weak. We're weak. We're frail. But the other inescapable and I think greater reality is God knows. He knows. He knows your weakness and he sees your weakness. But he chooses to see it through the lens of his power and his providence. It's not about the door you can't open. It's about the door that he has opened. It's not about what you cannot do. It's about what he can do through you. It's not about the mountains that you can't move. It's about the mountains that he can move when you put your faith in him. 
It's not about the obstacle that's in your way. It's about the door He has set before you that no one can shut. Now, you might be thinking, well, this is great. If there's an open door that no one can shut, then I guess that means there's nothing I have to do. Well, that's not true. There is something you have to do. You have to walk. You got to walk through it. In fact, walking through His open door is the manifestation of obedience. Now, normally, when we talk about obedience, we talk about it from the standpoint of avoiding punishment, right? You're obedient to the law because you don't want to get a ticket. You don't want to go to jail. You don't want to get demerit points. You don't want your insurance to go up because that would be horrible, right? And so, and, and I'm not saying that's all necessarily wrong. I think to a degree, it's a good thing that people are afraid of consequences. Like you don't want, you know, society to kind of come unraveled. But there is another element to obedience that I I think is so much more powerful, another motivation, if you will. And actually, it reminds me of something we sometimes do for our children. One of their favorite restaurants is the Mandarin. Mm, They love it. They absolutely love it. But it's kind of pricey, so we don't always go. But they love it because of the buffet. And in particular, they're like, they would start and just stop at the dessert buffet the whole day. And so we're like, no, you got to eat some meat. You got to eat some breaded shrimp. If I don't see a chicken ball, it's over. Like, come on. And so they love it. So, but because, of, you know, it's not cheap. So, you know, we want to treat them. And so we say, I'll tell you what. If you clean your room, if you do your laundry, I mean, like, like really, lo- like, do your laundry. Like, I mean, like, 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 fold it. Like, even the underwear, you can roll it up if you need to. If you hang up your clothes, if you get everything off the floor, and if you make your bed, etc. If, if you do all these things, and if you do them well, and then, like, you play downstairs. So if you put your toys away, especially the Lego, because we know how Dad gets when he steps on the Lego. If you put all that away, and you put it in its proper place, and it just feels like we're not barbarians, but we're a civilized family, you know, living in, in, in a... In a in a normal world, then if we can do all that, then we'll take you to the Mandarin. And I think the mistake they made is they did it, because now we know they can do it. Now we know. And so we, we do it. And so we, we've taken them. But while, yes, I guess there is a punishment, so to speak, if, if you don't do it, we wanted them to understand that, that there's a better and healthier motivation forward that we get up and we cast aside every sin and every weight and we press onward because we know that there is an open door with all that God has in store. So I'm leaving it behind. I'm keeping His Word. I'm staying faithful because I just believe He has something so much better in store for me and my family. Amen? But there's a tension as our worship team comes. There's, there's a tension. And the tension isn't where you think it lies. Some of you think, and I have as well, that the tension is all about, well, well what's the door? And how do I open it? How do I get there? And that's not really what Jesus says. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. So there's a part you got to play, but God is the one who sets the door before you. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. 
and no one can remove it. No angel of heaven, no demon of hell, no schemes of man can remove it. So if, if no one can take away that open door, then Satan's only recourse is to convince you not to reach. His only recourse is to convince you this obstacle is too big for you. His only recourse is to convince you that, that you need to settle for defeat in this area of your life, that there's no way around this thing because he has no power to touch God's open door, none. So all he can do is speak to you, whisper falsehoods to you. God wants you to conquer. To him who conquers, I will grant with him to sit with me. In, in his letter to the seven churches, Jesus challenged them with a variety of things. Don't forsake your first love. Stay faithful. And as I was reading chapter 3, yes, there is this promise of an open door, but I felt in my heart to say this to all of us. And it's hard, but it's important. Stop cuddling or coddling obstacles God has called you to conquer. No one can take away what God has set before you unless you decide to settle for what's around you. He has set before you an open door. You may think there are people in your family who are too, too far gone. No, there's an open door. You may think there's just no way in, in that career. No, he set before you an open door. You may think there's just no way God can speak, move, heal, or provide. No, there's an open door. Stop messing around. Stop coddling. Stop cuddling with obstacles that are merely designed to distract you from the door that no one has the power or authority to shut. There's more in store, but you got to walk through it. Now, I know it's hard. Isn't it hard? So I, 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 we're going to close with a song, and, and I, and I want to encourage you. So I'm going to invite you to stand today. If you're watching online, you can stand too. This is a prayer. This is a prayer I would challenge you to pray every day this week. When you wake up in the morning before you go to bed, to pray this prayer and allow the Lord to speak to you. God, please give me the faith to hear, see, and feel what you're about to do. It's a prayer that assumes that God is still speaking. It is a prayer that assumes that He is still working and moving. It's a prayer that assumes that no power of hell can prevent you from seizing what God has in store for you except that which you allow. It's a prayer that assumes that God is still good. It's a prayer that assumes that the victory of the cross is complete. It's a prayer that assumes that He has given you His Holy Spirit. It's a prayer that assumes that everything He has for you is still filled with hope and compassion and purpose and goodness. God, give me the faith. Give me the faith to hear and see and feel what you're about to do because I know you will. And I'm going to choose to praise you even before it happens. Amen?
I'm going to choose to give you glory even before it happens. I'm going to choose to raise my hands in victory even before I see it because I just believe that the God who opened doors then is still opening doors today. Amen? So church, can we worship? Can we worship? Can we believe? Can we sing in faith that there's more in store in 2024? Amen? I give you glory.
believe it, church? Amen. Amen. Well, there is a, a point I left out of the message that I thought would be better at the end, that while God opens doors, He also closes doors, right? And it's not your door. It's His door. He's God. He is sovereign. We don't always understand His ways. And when you get to heaven, you can ask Him all the questions and how it all fit together. But until then, you got to walk by faith. That the God who opens doors has a reason to do so. And the God who closes doors has a reason to do so. And so with that, uh, there's a letter I need to read to you. When my wife and I were praying several years ago about an open door, we believed in our hearts that God was opening a door at Heartland, and He did. We didn't even know fully what was behind that door. We remember driving by, peeking into this unfinished, unfinished building, uh, construction project. Remember seeing mud and weeds growing on the inside. In fact, very early on, someone told us, don't worry, pastor. We are a real church. There's a real people somewhere. For those of you who aren't familiar, when we came, we, this is Peel, and we, we, we had experienced, I think, some of the most challenging and uh, comprehensive lockdown procedures on the planet. But the church was real, and they do exist, and you're here. And so those years ago, we walked through this open door that God set before us, and we saw God do incredible things. And sure, we can talk about how the church was completed. Sure, we can talk about how we all navigated COVID. Sure, we can talk about how we had to reopen and in a way, honestly, relaunch our church after being shut down and not having a home base for so long. But there were even more incredible works. I remember the look of shock when I told several moms in our context here that their children were going to start volunteering. And they were in shock because their children had drifted so far they never thought they'd ever come back. I remember the testimonies of young men, one in particular who was here, finding freedom from fear and anxiety and taking hold of the open door that God set before him. I remember talking to grandparents who had been praying for their children and grandchildren to find their way back to the house of the Lord. And then months later, being unable to contain the joy when they finally did. These stories and hundreds more like them are actually the reason why we were so thankful that we walked through the open door the Lord set before us. However, just as God, just as God opens doors, He also closes doors. And through prayer, my wife and I felt that the door is closing on our ministry here at Heartland. It is a difficult feeling but we recognize that it is not our door to open or to close. We are but sojourners going wherever the Lord calls us. And while we do not know where we are going, we know that this door is closing. And that is why we made the decision to conclude our ministry at Heartland Church Connected, effective March 3rd, 
2024, just a few weeks from now. As my wife and I look back on our time here, we are so incredibly thankful for the open door God set before us. We're thankful for the opportunity of working with the board, various leadership teams, and our staff, whom we love dearly. I'm reminded of a scripture I've shared with you often, and I read it again because I still believe it's true. Not to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ever ask or think, according to his power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The beauty of this passage is that while God chooses to interact with our investment of time, talent, and treasure, his plans for me and you are good because he is good. His plans are great because he is faithful. And his plans are awesome because he is powerful. So as I think of this passage in light of our soon exit, the plans for Heartland are good because he is good. God has been working in this church through the generations for his namesake and his glory. And as much as Heartland has seen God's faithfulness, there's more in store. As our family prepares to close our time here, we do so with great expectancy for both ourselves and for you. We don't always know what those plans are, but we know God is good. And so my wife and I wanted to say thank you for the privilege of being your pastors. We've been amazed by the love and the compassion of this church toward us and our family. We look forward in these final few weeks to celebrating what God has done in his church for his name's sake, for his glory, because all glory is to him. It is due him in Jesus' name. In the coming weeks, various people and board members will come and, oh, never mind, one's already here. Uh, and they'll give you more details and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, we just want to say thank you. We love you. And uh, we told our kids yesterday. And so uh, we're praying for them. We'll take us to the Mandarin. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. And uh, we just believe great things for you. Bless you. Arden, can I ask you to put your hands together in appreciation of our pastor, Fraz? and his wife, Catherine, for their service to Harland, for their labor of love over the last three and a half years. We love them. We love their kids, Evelyn, Judah, Faith, and Hope. And we as a family have enjoyed having them here with us. And as Pastor Fraz is, as says, one door closes, but we serve a God who opens doors and who will continue to open the door for him, his family. So can I ask you to pray? Pray for the family as they make this next step into a season that God is leading them to. Can I ask you to pray for Heartland? Pray for the staff, the pastoral team, Pray for the board as together we will work with Pastor Joel of the Western Ontario District of PAOC. He is the regional director of the GTA. And some of you may remember Pastor Joel, who was our pastor at Heartland for many years just prior to Pastor Fraz. He will be working with us and we will keep you definitely updated 
on the next steps for Heartland. But right now, right now I want you to remember in the next few weeks, as Pastor Fraz has mentioned, his last day with us will be March the 3rd. So over the next few weeks, I want you to seize the opportunity to say thank you to Pastor Fraz, Catherine, and the entire family. Seize that opportunity to bless them with your gratitude. To let them know what they have meant to you. Take time. Share the warmth of your love with a pastor and his family who have served us faithfully. Can you do that? We as a board are supporting our pastor with this decision. And we stand by him and his family in prayer. And we ask that you will do the same as together as a church, we obey what our pastor has encouraged us to do. Believe God for more in 2024. Can we just pray? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this family that you have brought to Heartland, Lord. And we thank you for Heartland itself, a church, Lord, that you have held in the palm of your hand. We trust you, Lord. We don't always know what you have in store for us as a church, Lord God, but we trust you. And we believe in you, Lord God. And we pray for your guidance and your continued vision, Lord, as we hold your hand through the open door and into the next season. Amen.